This video was brought to you by Bellroy. Today, David Cameron makes a shock return, the UN warns of genocide in Sudan, and the Pope sacks an American bishop who'd been one of his strongest critics. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday the 13th of November. In a political shock this morning, David Cameron made his return to frontline British politics as the country's new foreign secretary, more than seven years after he resigned as prime minister, having lost the Brexit referendum in 2016. Cameron's return comes amid a government reshuffle launched by Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, who sacked Suella Braverman as Home Secretary after days of speculation about her future, replacing her with James Cleverley, who moved over from the role of Foreign Secretary, which is now being filled by David Cameron. As David Cameron isn't a member of parliament, and hasn't been for seven years, in order for him to serve in cabinet, he's been urgently appointed to the House of Lords. Now, while it's rare for a Secretary of State to come from the House of Lords and not be an elected MP, it's not unprecedented. Under Gordon Brown, for example, Peter Mandelson served in Cabinet while being a member of the House of Lords, and Margaret Thatcher's Foreign Secretary, Peter Carrington, was a Lord rather than an MP too. Now, regardless of the exact protocol, by bringing back David Cameron, Richie Sunak will be hoping to achieve a number of things. Firstly, the hope likely is that Cameron's tenure as Prime Minister will give him some diplomatic weight and respect as Foreign Secretary, while also potentially signalling to the country that Sunak is shifting back towards the centre-right, having tacked more toward the right with cabinet members like Suella Braverman, who came from the more hardline right wing of the party. Sunak may also be hoping that his perceived centrist shift will satisfy traditional conservative voters in the so-called Blue Wall in southern England, who have been increasingly successfully targeted by the Liberal Democrats. But David Cameron's return to politics will not be without controversy. Commentators were quick to point out that Cameron left office under a bit of a cloud, having gambled by calling a referendum on EU membership, which he subsequently lost, prompting his resignation. He was also implicated in the Greensill lobbying scandal, and in recent years, during his time away from politics, caused controversy by championing investment for a multi-billion dollar port project in Sri Lanka, which formed part of China's Belt and Road Initiative. Nonetheless, Cameron is happy to be returning, saying that while he may have disagreed with some individual decisions by the incumbent Conservative government, he believes that Rishi Sunak is a strong and capable Prime Minister, adding that he's looking forward to helping to deliver the security and prosperity our country needs. Now, there's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us in your podcast app of choice, to listen along. Next up, the UN is warning of a catastrophic humanitarian situation in Sudan's western Darfur region, amid a sharp uptick in violence. Reports say that more than a thousand people have been killed by militias in just a matter of days, in what the EU have described as an ethnic cleansing campaign by the Rapid Support Forces, or RSF, paramilitary group and its allies. Now, these groups are said to have attacked the Adamata refugee camp, which has been home to tens of thousands of people, particularly non-Arab Sudanese civilians like the Masalit people since mid-April, when war broke out between the RSF and the Sudanese armed forces. 
And as a result of this more recent violence, at least 8,000 people have fled to neighbouring Chad in the last week alone, according to UN data. This latest violence is tragically reminiscent of the events in Darfur during the 2000s, which saw the government use so-called Janjaweed Arab militias to put down rebel groups, leading to widespread human rights abuses against civilians. Some 300,000 people were killed, and more than 2 million were displaced during the conflict. Sudan's then-leader, Omar al-Bashir, was later charged by the International Criminal Court with crimes against humanity, war crimes and genocide. In other news, Australia has signed a bilateral pact with Tuvalu aimed at countering China's influence in the region, while also protecting the tiny Pacific Island nation from the effects of climate change. Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese says that the agreement makes Australia Tuvalu's partner of choice and requires the two parties to consult before signing defence and security pacts with other countries. Now, that's likely in reaction to the fact that China somewhat recently signed a security agreement with the nearby Solomon Islands, sparking fears in Australia and the US that they were losing ground to Beijing in the Pacific. Notably though, this new deal will see Australia create a new visa for up to 280 people to settle in Australia from Tuvalu, which is under threat from rising sea levels. Albanese said that it will be regarded as a significant day in which Australia acknowledged that we are part of the Pacific community, and with that comes the responsibility to act. Albanese also recently visited China, the first Australian Prime Minister to do so in seven years, signalling an improved diplomatic relationship between the two countries. However, Pacific expert Graham Smith from the Australian National University says that the strategic game in the Pacific is not going to pause because of this. Moving on to the Vatican, where in an incredibly rare move, Pope Francis has dismissed American Bishop Joseph Strickland, one of his fiercest critics, from his Texas diocese. Now, Catholic bishops are very rarely sacked in this way. They're usually asked to resign by the Vatican, and will then submit a resignation for the Pope to accept. So Strickland, who at 65 is 10 years away from the usual retirement age for bishops, being dismissed in this way, suggests that he refused a request from the Pope to resign. Strickland, who was appointed by Pope Francis's predecessor, is something of a hero among conservative US Roman Catholics, and has been deeply critical of the current Pope's more liberal approach to make the church more friendly to the LGBTQ community, as well as attempts to give more responsibility in the church to lay people. Back in May, Strickland tweeted that he believes Pope Francis is the Pope, but added that it is time for me to say that I reject his program of undermining the deposit of faith. A few months ago, Pope Francis rebuked what he called a very strong, organized reactionary attitude that had developed in the US church, and had warned against ideologies replacing faith. The statement announcing the dismissal of Strickland didn't give a reason. However, Strickland's diocese of Tyler, Texas had been under a Vatican investigation into its administration, including financial affairs. 
In some final uplifting news, deforestation in the Brazilian rainforest has fallen to its lowest level in five years. According to Brazil's space research agency, INPE, in the 12 months to July 2023, 9,001 square kilometers of Amazon rainforest has been cleared, a drop of more than 22% from the previous year and the smallest area cleared since 2018. Those 12 months also represent the last six months of Jair Bolsonaro's presidency and the first six months of Lula da Silva's. And that's important because Lula pledged to clamp down on the deforestation that increased significantly under his predecessor and has committed to zero deforestation by 2030. Although that goal does remain an uphill battle, according to Brazil's environment minister. Now, when it comes to our journalism, you clearly expect us to provide high quality and responsible reporting. But shouldn't you also expect the same from the products you buy? I certainly do, and that's why for the last few years I've been exclusively using wallets, phone cases, and passport cases from Bellroy, which is why I was super excited to hear that they wanted to sponsor some of our videos. As a loyal Bellroy user for the past few years now, I know quite how reliable and high quality their products are. My current phone case, for instance, is beautifully minimal in this stunning terracotta leather. That leather, by the way, is eco-tanned and achieved a gold rating from the Leather Working Group, recognizing excellence in environmental and labor practices. It's also just a beautiful, high-quality material that, in my experience, only gets better with age. Bellroy don't just talk about their environmental credentials either. They're also an officially certified B Corp company and have upcycled 10.5 million plastic water bottles, used 60,000 kilograms of industrial nylon cutoffs, and saved 15 million liters of water by using dry tan leathers. Their products are also just great to use. Designed around principles of minimalism, all of the Bellroy products that I've bought have been beautifully designed and easy to use, with their bags optimizing for functionality and efficiency, and their wallets are slimline enough to fit into any pocket. So find out why I've been using Bellroy for years now, and check out their huge array of products by clicking the link in the description. Plus, when you do, you'll get 10% off anything you order. Thanks to Bellroy for supporting the channel, and thanks to you for using our link.